Welcome to Hey Girl. I'm your host, Bill Janice. Join me every week where I sit down with one of my amazing and talented friends who are experts in their field, and we have a little chat. Right, welcome to this episode of Hey Girl. I am your host, Bill Janice, and I am really excited today to be joined by a really fabulous talent. You have seen him in, on American Idol. He's a top 12 finalist, American Idol Season 7. He is a top 100 Billboard recording artist. Uh, you've also seen him recently here in Las Vegas at Naked Boys Singing. Please welcome David Hernandez. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic in beautiful Los Angeles. I do miss Las Vegas, though. Yes. Oh, I love it. Well, first of all, thank you so much for, for taking the time to come chat with us today. I really appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Anytime. So you are you are in Los Angeles right now. And I so I did, we did miss you here in Vegas. So I, I'm actually kind of, on a personal level, I'm kind of shocked that our path didn't cross while you were here doing the show because I think we probably have a lot of the same friends and same people that are associated you know, with that show. <laughs> I was there for a whole six months and there's so many friends of mine that was that text me even now like, hey, are you still a Naked Boys? And I'm like, yeah. girl, you missed that boat girl. a long time ago. You know, like, <laughs> hey, girl. Come on, but, girl. Uh, but it's all good. You know, what I know about Las Vegas, because I know this to be true for myself, is that I can make all the plans in the world when I step into that city. Mm-hmm. And once that tequila gets a hold of you, <laughs> girl. plans sort of change, you know? And so a lot of people had intentions of coming to see the show and they were like, I'm so sorry. I'm still drunk or hungover, and you know, uh, and so so I understand it, and I didn't hold it against anybody. But um, but it's one of those shows where you can't yeah. catch it online. There's no cast album, and yeah, it's just one of those exclusive things. But you have to my go boys see it, yeah. that are, you have to go see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it's still running now with mm-hmm. with uh, some of my boys that are in the cast still, and it's just it's a fantastic, funny show. So everybody should check it out. I love that. So well, let's just let's talk about you. Uh, you know, you. You're from Phoenix, correct? <laughs> yeah, you. It's all about yeah. you. Bro. It's all about you, bro. Me my entirety. So, Let's talk about it. Oh. So she's from Phoenix, yes? She is from Phoenix. All right, so race. when did you, how did you get to LA? Give us, I mean, before, give me pre-American Idol kind of synopsis of like your journey to, to Hollywood. <laughs> um. Well, that was unexpected, to be honest. I, you know, I grew up in musical theater mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I had all these in, these intentions on, you know, being on Broadway and um, sure. and then being a recording artist. You know, I kind of wanted to do both. I grew up around the house with my mom playing like Journey, Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin on vinyl record. She played the Cranberries. Yes. You know, we, we got we got so many different, you know, styles of music. And I attribute a lot of my musical taste to my mom. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, after the musical bug bit me, I kind of want, you know, I started writing in my journal because my mom used to always journal. And those journals kind of turned into like melodies, which turned into like songs at a young age. And so my parents were like, you, there's something that you got there that normal kids your age don't really have at like six or seven. And, uh, and so I always knew I was like a little bit different. And so, you know, finally, when I went to, uh, uh, you know, I, I graduated high school, I went to college for a couple of semesters. And then I got my first record deal because I started submitting my at the time, it was like CDs, right? Yeah, like totally, would, totally CDs. Yeah, we had the CDs and um, and I would record like 
at, at, like for these rappers, I would go and like, I would sing these hooks for rappers and they would have like their little makeshift closets with like a microphone and it would be like, right, they, had right. to turn the a- they had to turn the AC off because or else it like would bleed into the microphone. And so I'm sitting there just like sweating balls, like just trying to like lay <laughs> But these, your vocal you know, cords were warm, girl. Right? <laughs> they were warm. They were warm, but it was very uncomfortable sure. in, in Arizona in the middle of the summer in a closet. And I was already in the closet. So I was like double in the closet. Um so, so that was kind of like the start Touché. of my recording. And so I, I, I submitted like my demos to a few different labels and uh, well, many labels, probably like a hundred and a couple of them bit. And then one of them um, was Universal Records. It was a, it was a subsidiary of Universal distributed by Universal Records. Um, and so I, I, I signed to them. I recorded an album. We I mean, make a long story short, like most artists, we had a falling out, creative differences, basically the, the, CEO of the label was fucking crazy. Like she was nuts. And she wanted me to like pose in front of cars with like girls and like Ferraris and like wear like, she wanted me to look like who I wasn't. And it was just, right. it didn't, it didn't really, I knew, but I was so thirsty and so hungry for success. And I knew this was the only way to get it. Cause this was before like major social media stuff. So sure. you couldn't be an artist that kind of like took the reins by yourself like you can mm. now. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was like that way or singing in bars for the rest of my life, which I had already been doing. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, we split. I was so depressed and they still had me bound contractually and they owned all my masters. Oh, um, no. Yeah. Same same mistake made by a lot of artists even today. But anyway, so then my manager at the time was like, all right, well, I think you should audition for American Idol. And I was like, uh, I don't know. It sounds gimmicky to me. Um, but 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 he was like, all right, like let's really just try this. And I was like, all right, so I'm not even going to lie. Like I was so not even caring about the show. Like me and my best friend got in the car. He drove, I might've smoked a little weed on the way there. We would switch. He might smoke a little weed. Like we just, it, it, what would have taken like five hours to get to San Diego took us like eight. Okay. So we, (laughs) we finally got there and we waited in that 18 hour line at Qualcomm stadium. We would alternate taking naps in the car. And then, um, and then I made it and it would, and it's like, even now it's so weird because I didn't anticipate that being my career path. I never saw American Idol for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just happened. And then it kept happening. And then it was like, you know, top 36, top 24, yeah. top 12. And then, you know, the whole scandal kind of broke out with my sexuality and everything via Perez Hilton and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went home, but I didn't go home. Like I stayed in LA and my career has literally been going for almost 15 years now. So yeah. If that if that kind of catches us up on the American Idol journey, it was <laughs> it was a blessing. It was it was hard. It was exciting. Um, it's still cool to be a part of like that alumni. You know? Yeah, I mean that's definitely something to be proud yeah. of for sure. Especially yeah. making it that far. And <clears throat> I'm curious before we talk a little bit about the scandal. I'm curious though, just about the just the experience in general. I mean, you were still in the sh- you were in the show when what I'll I'll call it the original format with the original judges original oh, format yeah. that's the whole thing right I mean comparatively to the show now I mean do you uh, what are we were thoughts? in it when it was still popping right. when the show was still <laughs> was popping basically like, what I was trying to say but yeah. it. 
exactly. No, there's no need to sugarcoat it. Everybody that used to be on that show that I still work with say the same thing. Like, yeah. they're just like, mm, yeah, man. That you was know, my diplomatic way of saying that you were on the show when it was popular. <laughs> I felt that. And I was like, let me just give him permission to be I'm so glad you did. Minute. Thank you. I love yeah. the way this is going. No. <laughs> but, you know, but like with any show, it kind of starts to taper off. I mean, they still get like, I think, 15 million um view viewers yeah. right versus when we were on we were like between 35 to 40 million people watching sure. so it was definitely on the time that i was on very much so a star maker still um yes it's just that so many different shows now that they have to compete with that it just kind of like you know what i mean there's a lot of fish in the sea so, so let's talk up a little bit about i know you've answered these questions before but if you don't mind for my audience could we talk a little bit it's about different that it's different on hey girl i can answer you yeah. know what i mean it's more fun <laughs> on hey girl so hey girl. just Tell tell the audience. I mean, t- basically, what happened um, with pre- with with the Perez Hilton story and whatnot. Well, I'm gay. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody knew that, but um, so I, you know, growing up, I, let me just say, like, growing up, I always knew that I was different. I liked to. I liked the arts. I liked Barbies. I liked uh, braiding my sister's hair. Like, I just, you know, I loved all the things that were effeminate and. I didn't really understand like sports and GI Joes and all that kind of stuff, but I played them because, you know, that was the thing to do growing up in a Mexican American Catholic family. Um, and I wanted to be like my brother who was super good at sports. And so that was sort of me until I got to college when I could, cause I went to college about two and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. And so that was my, like my freedom, right? That's when I started like experimenting and like going out and sort of like just being myself without someone telling me how to be a man or like what sure. the definition of a man was. So, so that, so coming from that place, um, is important to know because when I finally came into myself, um, I, when I came back to, to Phoenix from college and I went to another college, I, I wasn't, I, I, first of all, I put myself through college, right. Through like my own money, through the money I made as a male dancer. I, yes, I was a stripper at a club and I did that to put myself through college and I did it very successfully. Um, yeah. and I didn't, you know, I never until to this day don't see anything wrong with it. You know, I don't come from a family that, um, had a ton of money. We grew up poor middle-class. My dad's a truck driver, owns his own business. My mom's a nurse. They're Mm -hmm. still two of the hardest working people I know. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this was just a hustle that was going to be temporary and it, and it was. So when I had the record deal, I was still kind of doing that on the side. And then when I did American Idol, I really had to quit doing that. So I made it up. I parted ways with the club and mm-hmm. I was like, thank you so much for, I think it was like two and a half years or three years of employment. Like, you mm-hmm. know, because it was such easy, it was easy money in my, in my eyes. And I was young and bubbly and cute. And it was just like, whatever, like, let's do it. So, um, so yeah, th- so that was that I quit it. And then I met, went on American Idol and you know, the, the past always, not that I ever hit it from Idol because they knew everything mm-hmm. about me. They actually knew how many sexual partners I had. They knew at the time I said I was bisexual. So they, wait, it was they asked you that before show. you came on the show? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I swear to God. Okay. Like, wait, wait, whoa. Wait, now we got, we got to talk about that for a second. Why? What yeah. I, that's for some reason that just strikes me as not even legal in some well, way. Well, I don't, this was also like 14 years ago. And I, I mean, I'm not know, trying to litigate it right now, but it just seems like they No, 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 I feel you. you. It, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to ask. And I actually, now that I think of it, had to give names of who those partners were. I think oh, their, their whole, their whole idea behind it was like, if somebody comes out of the woodwork during mm. your time and your fame, we want to catch it before, we want to be aware of it before it blindsides us, which I guess I can see that, but also like okay. hmm, it's kind of weird now. I mean, no one would ever ask that now, right? Um, right. Well, so so oh, sorry, go ahead. yeah. 
No, no. So they did that and, and they, they did the background check and it was, that was interesting. And so they always knew the whole time that I had done that as a past profession and also that uh, of my sexuality. So, so when that whole thing, when Perez Hilton, you know, before he was a born again, Christian, um, <laughs> before he decided to yeah, roll my story, eyes hard enough, sorry. <laughs> oh my God. They're all the way to the back of my head. I think like, my third eye rolled. I rolled my eyes so hard. No, <laughs> seriously. It was, a, it was a thing. Um, so yeah, he saw, he, he kind of blasted the story. It was really, it was really harmful because you should never out somebody. That's, that's something like half my 100%. family didn't even know. It wasn't even about the stripper part as much as it was about my sexuality. Cause I hadn't sure. really fully come to terms with it. Neither sure. had a lot of people in my family. They didn't know. And so it was just really weird. And they went on and I had a boyfriend at the time and they, they actually went further to like name him and he wasn't fully out either. Oh geez. So it was, it was a thing. And so, so, so that happened and it, and I went home because I didn't get enough mm-hmm. votes because at the time, middle America, I don't think was ready for their they weren't ready for it. American idol to be a gay former stripper. <laughs> right. Well, no, um, listen, nowadays I, I think I'd probably win, but right. you know, well, that's actually, that's actually the question I wanted to get to is that, you know, yeah. Again, just for me, I mean, your story, I, I can really relate to it because I come from a very Republican, a conservative Christian household in the Midwest. Eek. And um, okay. I know. So I, I can understand at least a little bit of what you're saying about how, you know, you hadn't come to terms with it yet. You weren't ready yet. You weren't out yet to everyone in your family. And, yeah. um, you know, I went through similar things. So but my question that I was wanting to get to is that, you know, if. It, that was 2008. The social climate was a lot different than it is now. Um, even if we, yeah. we can even remember that 2008, I mean, yes, Obama was coming into office, but gay marriage wasn't um, legal federally yet at that point. No. The social climate was different. People weren't as accepting for whatever reason. So I guess, you know, and I, I guess you already answered it, but my question would be, do you think that that would be an issue today? If that were to happen today, the same scenario, do you think that people, that that would have been to your detriment or benefit? I think it would be to the benefit today because while people might feel the same way, they don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Like, I love, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. For you sure. know, and it's sad. I think we've come a, a long way, but I think that um, a lot of these companies, when it comes to Pride Month, I roll my eyes because I'm like, oh, God, here we go with your your logo being the Pride logo. But like, totally, what have you yeah. done to contribute to our rights? And mm-hmm. are you supp- are you funding and backing these politicians that are? you know, are, are basically like hindering our rights. And, and a lot of them are, but it's yeah. just optics, right? Like, sure. so yeah, I think times are changing, but I'll take it however I can get it. If you, if, if you feel pressured to be accepting, cool, like whatever, I don't give right. a shit. Like I just, right, I just right. want to be able to get married to whoever I want to and express my love and be successful just despite what you might think of my, of my born sexual preference not even a preference it's just my sexuality yeah no i don't it's not a preference it's just who i am yeah yeah (laughs) well what happened after that you know what i'm sure you know i obviously i'm sure that that wasn't easy and um i'm just curious you know immediately after that happened immediately after you were sent home what was you know kind of the next steps for you well i I cried to my mom i was i was really i was really hurt about it i kind of Mm -hmm. um god that was so long ago but I think I went into kind of autopilot. Like I talked about my parents being the hard workers that they were. It was kind of like, um, okay, cool. Well, you got to keep going because who's going to pay the rent? You know, who's going to put food in your mouth? And that's, I was honestly just looking for my next job. And thank God, Michael Orland, who was my mentor on the show, he he introduced me to a promoter who put me on my first national tour with Diana DeGarmo and Kimberly Locke. Perfect. Um, so that was really cool. And then that, that tour spiraled into another tour would spiral into like six years of tour work. And then, and then basically I got like this amazing booking agent and then I did my own shows and, you know, uh, five albums later, 
But um, I think uh, this is interesting. You asked that question because I think the effects of what happened on that show, I'm just dealing with now. Like, I don't want to get too deep with you, but no, fine. a lot, a lot of like the PTSD and the ways that I always have like the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. or, um, you know, not feeling comfortable in certain situations, holding hands with my boyfriend, you know, I, I'm in a very safe space in a safe, I live in West Hollywood. Right. But mm-hmm. I think I'm conditioned to believe that, that it was wrong or day, something, yeah. that it was wrong. And there's that little right. boy still inside of me that I'm working on that still, you know, feels like he's unworthy. Like I went to an event the other night at the London hotel and I hadn't seen some of my peers in like two years. Cause you know, pandemic. And I remember walking in and seeing like all these people that I've been following on social media, they're doing incredible things. My friend Vincent, you know, I saw my friend Dexter and like, they just been doing the most. And I just remember like initially when I walked in, like shrinking inside myself, you know, oh. cause I actually don't, I don't even drink anymore. Um, and I remember drinking was like a social, like, uh, uh, buffer for me sure, and so sure. like walking in like all I had was like me myself and I and I had to like sit with these feelings of like Woo, here's a whole crowd and we're all looking at each other and sizing each other up and it, yeah. I don't know it just felt it felt weird so to to, to to kind of sum it up like I'm still dealing with what happened on American Idol it was very traumatizing for me to be drugged like that I was I was I was shamed before shaming was even a thing yeah no so, I think it was completely unfair you know. of course yeah but I'm not a but- victim you know, no, I, I, I didn't take it that truth. way. <laughs> I asked you. Um, yeah. Well, but like, you you know, I, I can, com- again, I can relate to that as well. You know, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of us, you know, have, have you know, old wounds that we're still trying to heal from in, in relation to that same yeah. topic. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. but at least it feels de- that there's some solidarity it. there, you know, <laughs> with each other. Well, it feels like we, you know, I think when you're vulnerable and you speak about your experiences, you give people mm-hmm. permission to do the same thing. And that's the yeah. most powerful thing is connection, right? Like we don't have to live in this like space where we're alone and in the dark and shamed. And that's just like a breeding ground for shame. Totally. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so let's move on to funner things. <laughs> Yay! So we love fun things. things. We love fun things. I want to talk about your song, Beautiful. Because I yeah. absolutely love this song. And I, I'm not embarrassed to admit that I'll dance around my house alone to this song all the time. Send, I want video. I want proof that it didn't happen. I, I'll send it to you. I want video. Okay. <laughs> tell me, tell I me will, about this. I will post that and tag you in it. Okay. <laughs> tell me about the God. process of creating this song. Now, you wrote the song, yes? No, this song, I, you know, I was, I was like, I didn't want to, I was a snob when it came to music. Like I, I write my own stuff like always. And then my agent at the time was like, there's this really amazing songwriter and he has this song that I think you sound fire on. And I was like, well, I don't accept submissions. Like I write my own <laughs> stuff and blah, blah, blah. I was just being a little dick. Um, but then like three months, he had presented the song to me, I think in the middle of the summer, it was like, or it was like August. And I didn't even like reconsider it until like november of that year and i listened to it again and i was like all right let me just get in the studio yeah i went in the studio i met the producer and the songwriter and they were just amazing people and i went in this i went in and i laid my vocal in the booth it took me i think i think two hours and some change to lay the lead because i'm really particular and then maybe like another hour for the background vocals we stack some harmonies and it's just a song that speaks for itself i i came out of that session like I felt like I had just had therapy. Yeah. Um, and I never thought, I never thought that that song would be my biggest song yet. Like I still, I'm like, well, I'm going to get tired of singing this song. But when I see people's faces, I just, they're just like, <laughs> yes, I feel beautiful. You know, I love it. 
Yeah. So that was it. I felt like that was like an un, unintended like gem that popped into my life. And I'm so glad. I'm mm-hmm. so glad that God or whatever higher power was like, listen to this again, because you would be, this is your song. And it is my song. And I'm so grateful that, that Steven Warner wrote it and Mark Grillo produced it. Um, they're great humans. And I, and I have yet to find another song like that in my career. I, I love my music, like Boomerang and the new album and everything, but there's something about beautiful that people just resonate with at every yeah. single concert and every pride, especially during pride season. Oh, I'm sure. Well, it, I mean, yeah. I guess for me, it just, I mean, it just feels, it, it, it makes me smile and it just feels so inclusive and it just feels, yeah. it, it, I feel beautiful. So no. <laughs> and that, you know, the concept of the video was super, we, I had so many different ideas that were pitched to me and yeah. I went with my gut and I was like, I think we just need a white backdrop a camera and different walks of life. I want just different people, different everything. Yeah. I just wanted all the different people. And I even had, um, I had two lesbians that were going to be part of the shoot and they weren't able to make it. And so the biggest, the, all the criticism that I ever get for that song and video is where's the lesbian representation. And I'm like, I tried, I tried girl. You're like, they didn't show up. They did not show up. I think someone had, I think there was some car issues or something from Las Vegas. I don't remember. And meanwhile, you're about to get shamed again for not being inclusive enough. (laughs) That's why I'm throwing it out there because I want y'all, all all you lesbians to know, I am your friend. I support you. Y'all are organized as hell. Us gay men don't know a goddamn thing. I was watching the new Netflix series. Bob the Drag Queen clip? Bob the Drag Queen is probably my favorite drag queen in the entire world. She was just like, do not be mean be mean to to lesbians. lesbians. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. yeah, Yeah, they're right. I, I'm so glad you brought that up because as soon as, as you were telling that story, that clip was playing in my head. Yeah. The, the joke, the joke that she made, you know, and I thought that was funny too. When she was like, now also don't be mean to, to straight girls. And she's like, but I lost some of you on that, but I'll explain. <laughs> Cause everyone was like, oh, what? No. And the straight girls were our first allies. First you know, allies. Coming out. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my God. I love it. But no, the song, <laughs> the song is great. And I, I really, I enjoy it and I, I listen to it all the time. So Thank you. So excited to get to actually tell you that. <laughs> I appreciate so. that. I take that to heart, honestly. That means a lot. No, it's good. So what was then moving on? Obviously, you know, you've got you've got a new EP out um called Don't At Me. So talk to me a little bit about the process of of creating the, those songs and recording them and what it what the overall yeah. uh purpose and messaging was that you hope people take from it. Well, I recorded that song in a week, um, my producer, um, the album in a week. And then my producer mixed it within like three days. Um, and I, I did it all while in Las Vegas, actually. I think one of the songs I did here on a weekend, I came back, but on a weekend we had off from Naked Boys and I came. So I have my home studio here, um, but then I, I can travel with it. So I wrote all the songs. We recorded it in, in a week. And then um, I don't know, the content is it's funny because I have never really publicly talked about like what happened on American Idol or. Okay my sexuality or my freedom with nudity, um, which is a newfound journey. After, while doing a, a naked boy singing, I kind of was like, hmm. You're like, like I like being naked. Let's just be naked. I kind of like being naked, yeah. Let's just be naked. Yeah. It was, it, it inspired like a weird, um, it, not a weird, it, it embraced, it helped me inspire like an embracement of, of my, is that a word of my, uh, yeah, my, I think so. My nudity, because I've always been really self-conscious anyway, and I still am to this day. But for some reason, once you strip away all the layers, like that's all you got. Like on stage, five nights a week during Naked Boys, like I didn't have time to like fix my angles or like, oh, I don't like this angle on my butt. Like they saw it all, and there was right. It was oh yeah. There's no hiding it when you're naked on stage. (laughs) No, I did a show called Jubilee once. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. I, I was in a show in Vegas a long time ago. Jubilee, I used to, yeah. yeah. I was in Jubilee. And there was one scene. We were we were pretty naked. We weren't completely naked, but we were literally just in leather G-strings. And girl, I, listen, I know. At Bally's. It was at Bally's, yeah. Yeah, um, I've seen that. Girl, listen. So I know. Trust me. I, usually that second show um, after dinner, we were uh, we were all sucking in our guts. and like, oh, there's no hiding it. We're literally <laughs> on a 360-degree stage. You just can't do anything about it. So I know. I know yeah. what you mean, at least so, about but that. But you can, you, can, you can relate to it then. Like, when, once you once people see all your in, insecurities and, like, all your flaws, I yeah. mean, what, where else is there to go? Like, where else, kinda, Yeah, you're like, this you is it. it. Take go. it or leave it. Yeah. 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 It, I so can see how that would be very liberating. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. It was so liberating. I, I went into it very liberated though. Like I was like, all right, let's, if we're going to do this. We're going to do it. Right. And so we did it and it was cool. And I forgot my train of thought, but what were we, we talking about? We were talking about <laughs> <laughs> I know we started talking about being segment. naked and both of our minds just went somewhere else. Right. right. <laughs> no, well we were talking we were just talking about um uh Don't At Me and you were uh, you were talking about oh, you, yeah, re- yeah. you wrote the songs in Vegas and you recorded yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. So I talk so I talk about that like I talk about being, you know, you see my ass on Instagram, uh on OnlyFans and you know, I just talk about basically how you know, I was shamed in the public eye and like the very thing you're shaming me for, you're actually showing up to my shows for, you know what I mean? Sure. So I think it's exactly I think like hypocrites, no. <laughs> hypocrites for, for sure. And I think the big, the coolest thing about naked boys is that I was shamed for being a gay stripper. And now for 14 years later, I'm doing a show that is, you're about getting paid to be gay <laughs> stripping and I'm getting paid and I'm getting notoriety Brilliant. and I'm working and so I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. It's I thought, brilliant. I, like, how, I think it's if, brilliant. If, if, if people don't think the universe is alive and well and a funny bitch just mixing her cauldron, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm a prime example of it. Like, the, that opportunity would have never presented itself to me if I wasn't meant for it. Mm-hmm. And um, and it really inspired the album. You know, I talk about things in there. I get really personal on When It Rains, It Pours is a song on there that I talk about mental health because I do struggle with mental health and addiction and um, you know, I, I fought some of those battles. I still fight those battles. And sure. just a, a lot of that, I think that, uh, you know, men's mental health month is this month. And I think it's important to recognize that a lot of men, even to this day, don't feel comfortable crying or being vulnerable. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing when you can let that go. Um, and then there's songs like goosebumps where, you know, I'm just talking about being a complicated individual that's in love and fighting with the, the person I love and, no matter what I do, you still give me goosebumps. Let's ride and rock this out. Let's figure it out. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. I think there's a song on there for everybody. There's a song I talk about. It's called Vices. That's about addiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking about texting your ex, although they blocked your phone number. That's funny, plenty of times. Girl. You know, so you start calling their friends like, yo. Right. You're like, what's going on with so that? So-and-so. Yeah, I've done that. I've been there. I've done that. Oh, no, it's embar- you look back and you're like, oh, that's cringy. That's cringy. I know. When we cringe but- at ourselves in retrospect, it's it's kind of the worst. Like. <laughs> We All judge ourselves to, you, so much. You, you know? have to like look back on those on that person that was you because that felt like another life and be like, you know what? I I have love and appreciation for that boy because mm-hmm. he was going through some things. And right. you know, as long as you try to process them, because what looked cute at 20 years old does not look cute at 40. You know what I mean? Like you can't stumble into a bar all sloppy and hit your head on the end of it and people be like, Oh my god, I want to take him home. People are like, gross, that's sick. He needs to go home, get some help. It's just a whole different aesthetic it's a, yeah it's a different vibe at 40 for sure i turned 40 this year so i can get that well you look good you look good see girl, 40 gets younger and younger well thanks girl um i love it <laughs> well, what is let me ask you just in general what as a recording artist what you know what is your process or what what kind of things do you draw inspiration from when you're writing and um in, in addition to that you know it, 
can you remember a time that there was something that just really triggered you in the most positive way that you're like, oh, I have to record this or this is this is going to be a great hit? I don't ever really know if it's going to be a great hit because I used to write stuff that I that was like driven to that. Like, I need to write something that's going to be mainstream. And I don't really do that anymore. I just kind of write what comes to my heart. And my process is different at each time. I have a I have voice notes on my phone that have so many different ideas. Um, thankfully I can, I have my home studio. So when I have an idea, I'll pop in here, I'll lay it. And then I'll, like, I was listening to one today, like an hour ago. And I was like, Oh, it's a song I wrote called magic. And I kind of yeah. put it away. I forgot I had it, but it was the first thing that popped up on GarageBand when I was trying to do another project. And I was like, Oh, let me listen to this. And I was like, Oh, that's actually really good. I like that. So it's, I, I do like, I'll, I'll drop little unfinished things here and there, and then I'll come back to them. But, um, mm-hmm. my process is so different. I've written songs in an airplane bathroom. I've written songs in a park. I've written songs uh, in the middle of sex where I had to be like, hold on a second. Hold on. Girl. You know, like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, oh, girl. It's been the most random. Of, but like, once the idea is there. Wait, what song was that? Gonna... No. <laughs> what song was that? <laughs> and I have to be left to your imagination. Okay. Okay. Um, maybe it's off the new album. Maybe, maybe it's called Ooh. Special. I don't know. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but. But uh, but uh, it's it's my memory is kind of shit sometimes, so mm-hmm. I always want to document it on my voice notes in case I want to. know. first of all, I know you want to revisit it. Yeah. I, when I get back I to get sex, that. I'm going to forget of that what that idea was. So <laughs> let me just jot it down. Um, so yeah, my process is like super different for for everything. I right, I get that. Yeah. So let's talk about. Um, you have a new book out as well. I do. Called, it's it's not suitable for work, correct? <laughs> yes, here it is, right here. Um, I love it. Now, did Noel yeah, do those photos? He did. I love it. Don't he's love he's very talented. He is. He's the one that kind of gave me my confidence too. Like shooting, shooting the way he shot me, it was so tasteful and so beautiful. And the way he knows how to capture the human body is unreal. Yeah. So, yeah, and he was just like not weird about it. Like he was just like, oh, that's very beautiful like he has a little he has a very sexy accent that would yeah, inspire yeah. anyone to do different things um, but but yeah he we collaborated on a book and then my good friend brady care who's been my guy who does my website and the, my graphics for uh, the last two and a half years he put um the song lyrics uh, we came together and did song lyrics on each page mm-hmm. so if, you know i don't know i just there's like yeah I don't know. <laughs> Explain that. It's funny because I sometimes I look back and I'm like, I just really released a fully new book. Oh god, I love that. That's forever, but I mean, again, forever it. embedded in history. Yeah. It, but again, I think it it speaks to what we were talking about earlier, just about how liberating all of, all of this is. And if we if you look back to you know 2008 and then look what you're doing now and look at how you're being celebrated and the success yeah. and how you're working. And you're basically doing things that back then people were telling, were, were ridiculing you for, which again, I just think it's yeah. the best revenge ever. And I, I think it's quite, yeah, brilliant. I guess it's like, yeah, I, guess, I never thought of it as revenge, but yeah. Well, and I'm not trying to put negative connotation on it by say, using the word revenge, but no, but it's, it's nice yeah. though. It's nice yeah. when I look like, fuck like it you, should feel vindicating know. a little. <laughs> It felt, it definitely felt like freedom to not care what anybody else. I mean, you really have to not care what other people think to drop a fully nude book. But the truth is, we all care what people think. Right. But in that moment when I released it, my opinion of myself mattered more than other people's opinion of me. I see. So I still have, I still have like the uh, the ups and downs, like where I'm like, oh God, is that really out there? But it lasts for like 10 seconds. And then I'm like, I love I'm it. over it. Like it, I mean, it's already been done. That's a great place to be. I'm, I'm a little jealous because I, I think I still care a little too much. 
<laughs> do you? You're bit. not the only person. Every, uh, there's a lot of people. I'm working on it. I, I'm working okay. on it in therapy too. So <laughs> you grew up in a religious family, you know. You got to give yourself a break. Exactly. Well, when I did Jubilee, <laughs> that was like that. You would have thought was like you know because it was a topless show Armageddon. in Vegas, and they were just yeah. It was like I was like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, calm down. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just topless. Go over to see Naked yeah. Boys. Right. <laughs> that's too funny i love love it it, though we're both we're we're both vegas showgirls we are show yes vegas showgirls cheers girl (laughs) how did you like being here in vegas i loved it vegas is so the mountains are so beautiful yeah when you get outside of the strip which a lot of people that visit don't do Mm -hmm. that and you go to like red rock and you and you're able to like you know, meet up friends that are like locals. They know all the cool spots to go. And so I did that for a good, you know, six months. And, um, what side of town did you live on when you were here? I lived in spring Valley. Okay, cool. I'm in summer. So I'm over by red rock. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. So you're closest. I I live first. I lived right behind kind of like behind the Rio. Yeah. yeah. Contract. Sure. And then I moved to spring Valley, which I thought was way nicer. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get a little farther away from the strip. Like, as you said, to, to experience, Vegas as a local, not as a tourist. Yeah. Vegas is, um, you know, it's hard because like everyone's sort of like coming and then going. So it's very transient. Yeah. I mean, I've lived here. I'm actually, it's so funny when I first moved here, uh, I moved here to do the show. I was dancing with a company in Chicago and then I auditioned for Jubilee in Chicago. I'd never been to Vegas, got the job. Oh, wow. um, and came here. I moved here, like literally moved here without ever being here ever, ever, or ever coming here to visit. Um, had worked out over the phone with the company manager, like a roommate situation with one of the other dancers in the show. Everything yeah. was, it was all, you know, my first, so I had all these ideas of what Vegas was going to be like when I got here and they were all not oh, right. None of them were right. <laughs> like I was like, oh, this, it was just so different than I thought it was. And I always remembered yeah. my first year here, everybody, a lot of people kept saying to me that, you know, Oh, if it doesn't feel like home, give it a year. Like, give it a year. Vegas is weird. You know, I always felt like Vegas, I always had one foot in the door and one foot out the door that first year. And then mm-hmm. something clicked and it, it kind of did become home. And here we are 17 years later, <laughs> still here. You know what? I, you, and that congratulations, 17 years. And you're still in Summerlin? I am right now. Yeah. I mean, I've lived other okay, places okay. around town, but yeah, I'm in Summerlin now. You know what I love about Vegas is that no matter who you are, you everybody comes to vegas so if you live yeah. there and you haven't seen like you know grandma in right. like five years <laughs> right guarantees she'll be there eventually you know what i mean like people come out of the woodwork known in your life yes 100 percent, they do 100%. i saw people that i hadn't seen since my childhood come through to see right. me naked i was like weird <laughs> so wait what but, is that but, like uh, we got to talk about that like do you ever get do you do you ever get nervous like when there's specific people in the audience when you were doing that show um, I was nervous when my mom came. Oh yeah, I can. I, I that yeah. makes sense. That makes but sense. But my mom having my mom having she was pregnant with me when she was sixteen, having when she was seventeen. So we've sort of been parenting each other for the last, you know, since I was born. Yeah. Um. So and she, my mom also was a stripper back in the day. Love it. And my mom's my mom is bisexual, and my mom is super, just like the coolest mom. She sounds like the coolest mom ever. <laughs> she is the coolest mom and she's so, you know, she's ride or die. She's my best friend. I love this. So I love when, this. I, when, she, when I told her about the show, she was like, oh, well, I, don't, I shouldn't see that. And I was like, mom, listen, it is a musical comedy. There's yeah. nothing sexual about it. I promise you, all you're seeing is funny flaccid penises and you forget 10 minutes in that we're even naked because it's so funny yeah. and we're singing and it's just like, whatever, cheeky. And so yeah, she yeah. came and all I could hear was her the whole time. Ah! <laughs> 
<laughs> like, and so that would just, I almost broke character so many times. I'm like, she is really just like laughing her ass off. So, but I was nervous for her initially. Cause I'm like, sure, sure. You know? Yeah, uh, no, I get that for sure. <laughs> but no, you are right though. Real quick back to the Vegas thing. I remember people come out of the woodwork. I had people yeah. like from high school that I haven't talked to since then. I was like, yeah. what? Like, I mean, because of like, social like, media, they were able to get a hold of me. You know, they don't have my phone number, but they were like, hit me up on what I think back then it was Facebook or MySpace but <laughs> when I first moved here. But I was like, girl, no. Anyway. We'll, we'll try, <laughs> try having always, like, try having like random people show up to the theater entrance and be like, I'd be like, oh God. And ex- yeah, that's not cool. And everybody wants that's free tickets, weird. right? <laughs> or just, I don't even know what it is, but yeah, they can be a little weird. But yeah, Vegas is interesting. I miss Vegas. I, I'll definitely go yeah. back, but I was there for six months, so I needed a healthy break. <laughs> I no, I trust me, I get it. Um, <laughs> I'm actually heading to California yeah. tomorrow for a couple of days off, so I need to get out of the oh, city sweet. for a couple of days. So. The weather's beautiful here; it's a little hot, but at nighttime, it's it's gorgeous. There's a breeze; it's fun. I love it. I love it. So, David, what's next for you? What's what's coming up? What are, any new projects that you're working on that you can tell us about? Yeah, I'm working on a really awesome podcast with my business partner. I'll be hosting it, um, but the topics are going to go anywhere from like mental health to diversity, inclusion to uh, obviously we'll cover music and pop culture sure. and stuff, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, when I, I went to school for broadcast journalism, so my initial love was really, I mean, it was always music, but I wanted to be, I wanted to be a television host. Like I wanted to have my yeah. own TV show or, yeah. so, so that's, so I'm taking it back. I was actually, I was actually a host for the Sun Devil News, which was Arizona state back in the day. I wish I, I could find it. that, those videos somewhere, but so the podcast, <laughs> um, the podcast, we're going to docu-series, um, about my life because it's a you know it's an interesting story just from what i've told you there's so much more in it sure and i don't think it's been told before um what else uh, the deluxe ep is coming out uh sometime september october with some features on it i can't say who but it'll okay i think it'll it'll blow some minds and yeah there's just been a lot of stuff in the works and i think a lot of seeds are being planted and i can't wait for those to to just to grow like, sprout yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. I love that. But in the meantime, more immediately, I'm doing El Paso Pride this weekend, Saturday. Okay. Um, and then I'm doing Tulsa Pride the following Saturday. And then I just, yeah, got done with Orlando Gay Days. I performed there. Um, and just doing like a little one update. We're still in a pandemic. So the, you know, the, the touring is not full-fledged, but we're, sure, you know, we're sure. doing what we can. Yeah. I love it. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. You want to switch me roles? We can switch. Yeah, we'll switch for a week yeah, one day. I we should, but I can't flip. sing we like verse. you. <laughs> right? I can't sing like you, girl. Well, can't help you in that department, but... <laughs> no, that, you yeah, you, 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 you don't want to hear me you singing, You stick girl. to hosting, girl. <laughs> I can dance and host. That's about it. I, I always, my joke is that as a dancer, like, or when I started doing this... My joke was always, I was like, well, you know, when people would say, well, you, you have performance experience. And I was like, I know, but I was never encouraged to speak. Dancers are not mics. You know? <laughs> That's funny. I love that. Well, you got to come see one of my so, shows when, when we're in, maybe I'll have one in Vegas. I mean, I did do, I did perform at Vegas Pride last year, um, but I don't know when I'm back. I would there. love to. Let me know. Yeah, I'll keep you Absolutely. Keep Let you me know. I would love to. All right. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to all the things that you've got coming up and all the exciting things that you're working on. Thank you, Bill. And honestly, it was such a pleasure talking to you. You're fun. I love Hey Girl. <laughs>
Thanks, girl. I know. Well, hey, girl, love you. Welcome to the Hey Girl family. Yes. Come on, queen. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> See, look, now I'm seeing the levels go crazy because we're both we're both excited and yes! we're talking loud. Yes. We got it. Yes. Yes, girl. Brandon's like, shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I'm sure. Uh, yes, you can... girl. Go ahead. Go ahead, hey, girl. I'll go do your jingles it. any day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much again. And I just, uh, happy pride. And I just wish you the best. I'm Again, as I said, I'm a fan. So this has been a, such a pleasure. Thank you, Baba. All right. Mwah. Much love. Stay safe out there. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And I hope you all have a great weekend. Don't forget to check us out at our website at heygirlpodcast.com. Girl is spelled with a U. Have a good one. Bye.